I am someone who loyalty means so much to me. I kind of tend to stay with the same people. I want to stick there. I want to to make this work. But something that has been really, really healthy for me, because that sort of mindset is if this friendship ends, then it was a failure is kind of what it was. So I would cling to something that didn't need to still exist. I would ignore red flags. I would push through awfulness, put my own heart, honestly, let my heart kind of be damaged and let my own heart be hurt just for the sake of saying that I was able to make it last. It's kind of who I have been in the past because I thought an ended friendship was a failed friendship. And I've completely changed that mindset because that's not true. That's not true. Friends was a great TV show, but it still ended at some point. That doesn't take away that it was good. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. In this episode, we deep dive into all things friendship. My guests, Amy Weatherly and Jessica Johnston, highlight the need to be intentional and say yes to invitations for deeper connections. But what does that mean? Well, in this episode, we discuss challenges that introverts face in showing their true selves and suggest taking small steps to build meaningful relationships. We also discuss friendship breakups, encouraging perspective that sees them as natural changes rather than personal failures. Authentic friendship requires showing up as our real selves and allowing others to see us. So that's what we focus on in this episode, and I can't wait for you to hear it. But before we get there, I want to share my minimalist moment slash a resource that I've somewhat created. And I apologize for the redundancy for those of you that have heard me speak to this, but I can't have a friendship episode of the podcast and not talk about the time that I put my friends into tears, T-I-E-R. It was around six or seven years ago that I was finding it difficult to maintain all the various friendships in my life. I just found myself in a place where I knew that it was impossible to maintain the healthy quality in all the relationships. And at the time, I was actually about to give birth to my son, so I knew I no longer could pour myself into all the women that I had been spending my time with. Something truly had to give. So. I ended up sitting down at the kitchen table with a pen and paper, and on one side of the paper, I wrote out all of the women that I was currently interacting with. On the other, I wrote out tier one, tier two, and tier three. I then rewrote the names under the tiers. So based on this system that I created, the individuals in tier one were women I'd want to see weekly, or at the very least, at least bi-weekly. And the women in tier two were friends I'd want to see at minimum once a quarter. And then in tier three were the women I still loved and I cared for, but I just no longer had the time to pursue. After explaining the system, I always wanna say that I don't wanna be perceived as a jerk, but I simply cannot share how beneficial this exercise has been for me. And I also wanna say, it's not that the women in tier three no longer served me, and so I no longer served, I'm putting that in quotes, served them. It's more that I constantly felt like I was playing catch up when I saw them. And there wasn't enough regular contact with these people for me to feel like I could deeply invest in them. And for me, living a minimalist lifestyle places a strong emphasis on intentionality. And if I were being honest with myself, both then and now, trying to implement the system now, attempting to cultivate friendships with so many women was just no longer possible with all the roles I found myself juggling. To be honest, I was just tired of playing catch up all the time. And when you aren't seeing someone regularly, it feels like more of a surface level relationship and I knew that's not what I wanted. So I would love to know if you've implemented friendship tiers in your life and if it's been helpful to you. 
And again, I apologize for the redundancy for people that already know about that system, but I could not not share that with this friendship episode today. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation with Amy and Jess. Jess and Amy, thanks for joining me today on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. I'm excited to talk to you. You two have written a book about authentic friendship. I would be lost without my female friendship, so I'm very excited to dive deep into this topic today with you both. But before we get there, can you guys quickly go ahead and introduce yourselves? I don't care who goes first, but let's get some introductions going and then we'll get into our topic. Absolutely. I'm Jess Johnston. I live in Southern California. I have four kids. We've got 16, 14, 12, and 10. So life is a lot of driving my kids places. And actually now, newly, it's being a little terrified while my son is driving himself places. And I have my own page, Jess Johnston, on Facebook. And then Amy and I started a page all about friendship together called Sister, I Am With You, and we absolutely love doing that. Yeah. Uh, My name's Amy Weatherly. Uh, I have three kids. I'm in West Texas. I've only lived in Texas, but I've lived in different parts of it, and it's a big state. So, (laughs) Okay, well, the question is, how do you two know each other? I stalked Jess on the internet, which is true. (laughs) Amy, you want to tell this story? It is a true story. It's not as bad as it sounds. I So we were in a writing group together. Like there's a, a big publication. And if you write for them, they kind of put you in this group. Just kind of clicked. It was a very special thing. I don't, I don't know if I've ever met a friend quite in the same way. We were meant to be friends. My, my writing style is different and sort of how I approach it is different. Like I've always told my husband, cause I kind of entered the writing world begrudgingly. And I kind of, I remember telling my husband, I was like, listen, if I can't be myself, then I'm just, I'm not going to do it. So I'm going to need my followers to know who I am right from the start. So I don't like throw them off and then be like, well, I thought she was this picture perfect uptight. I don't know. I just, I just didn't want to ever throw them off. So I wanted to be really just genuine and real and transparent And Jess is that same way. She kind of writes the same way and has the same thing going on. And it's really evident through her page. And so Jess had been writing longer than I had. And so I just followed her. I liked her style. And so I like slid into her DMs and I was like, hey, girl, I like what you do. Anyways, and we just kind of grew from there into like talking on the phone. And then one day I had the random idea to start a friendship page and asked if Jess was in and she was like, I am. And then, and then we met in real life and that was it. Okay. Well, and now you have a book called here for it, the good, the bad and the queso, which I love the little title. That's so fun. What is something that you would say here at the start, you want listeners to take away from this conversation, but also readers to take away from your book. If there was one thing you wanted to communicate from the get go. This is our um, second book that we've written together. Our first one's called I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants. And it's also about friendship. And I think our heart is to really turn the light on in female adult friendship and actually talk about the hard parts, the uncomfortable parts, just the how-to, like the really practical stuff. Like it's not always straightforward once you're an adult. How do I make friends? How do I maintain friends? 
And we find that women often feel very isolated and alone in whatever they're struggling with, whether it's friendship or motherhood or whatever it is. So I'll be there really was the building blocks for friendship and here for it. I would say that we are digging a lot deeper and talking about some of the harder things like friendship breakups. How do we handle it? When is it okay to let go? Things like that. So I just really want women to know that they're not alone in whatever it is that they're dealing with. Friendship breakups are super hard. Not that the whole book is about that, but that's one small piece. Friendship breakups are very hard. And I think it maybe is a society or we don't talk about it very much. It feels like we should just get over it quickly or move on. But friendship is a really big deal. And the wins and losses are a huge deal. Yeah. Did you have anything to add, Amy? No. Um, no, that is really what I would say too, is I want I really want women to know that they're just not alone. I see that all the time. And friendship is possible for all of us. It's just the truth is every single one of us has some junk that we're going to have to unlearn. We all learned some wrong things growing up. And and we just we just did. We thought that friendship would be like this fairy tale. We thought people would be perfect. That I think we felt like any kind of rejection was like a mark on our self-worth. And, and as a whole, I feel like women have gotten kind of bitter towards other women and like terrified of friendship and scared. And we feel like something's wrong with us and we don't want to put ourselves out there and, and we think it's not worth it. But in the end, we were created for a community. We are a social species. We can't get away from that. We are. We will always crave companionship and togetherness. And so there's just some stuff that we have to unlearn. There's some stuff that we've got to work through. So we can get there and it's not going to be perfect. It is going to be messy, but every woman is capable of it. I do genuinely believe that. I'm curious to know what you mean when you describe authentic friendship. What does that mean for you? And maybe what does that look like for the two of you? We have to get filter free when it gets to friendship and we don't need to show every single person all are raw and real. There's definitely creating trust and seeing what's okay to talk about in a friendship. But we're so used to an Instagram filtered, this is what we present to the world. But if we don't show up as our real selves, they may not know it, but we will know it. And we will know that they don't love us for us because we're not showing who we are. So it's very important that we're not giving this I have it all together, like playing a part in a play or something. If we don't show up and let them see our struggles or just the little things like, I'm really flustered and grumpy today or whatever it is, we're keeping ourselves from being really known. I know that we can't feel true belonging and connection unless we allow people to actually see us. It is strange that people are meeting on the internet and that's how you both have met. But what if people aren't extroverted? I guess, how would you encourage someone to put themselves out there or if they are more introverted and that sounds like something they would never do, how do they meet people in person? I think the truth is, and I tell people this and it is very hard because I am actually an introvert, but I have a lot of extroverted qualities. So I am friendlier than I'm probably too friendly. Like I will have the friendliest person I've ever met. Yeah. Like I leave every Uber driver and I'm like, I hope your sister's job interview goes well. I, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> love to know people. You're like my sister-in-law. Yeah, like if, if you get on an airplane and you're like, man, I just want a quiet flight, then, you know, you can't sit next to me because <laughs> I really want to know who you are. I want to talk to you. I think people are just so beautiful. I think it's so interesting and such a cool thing to connect with other humans. But I actually love being alone as well. That is where I recharge. So I would say if you're introverted, just one of the things that you are going to have to do, and it is going to be hard, but you are going to have to get out of your house. Because if someone is knocking on your door and being like, I want you to be my friend, come out, you should not be friends with that person because they are likely trying to kidnap you. (laughs) (laughs) something is wrong there. Like you will have to get out of your house and you will have to make an effort and you know, and then you recharge as needed. Sorry. My dog is barking. He's a needy little fella, but it's just something that you're going to have to do. You're going to have to get out, try to do one-on-one, try to do one-on-one things. That is such a huge thing is people. We have this tendency as, as humans. And I think, you know, I don't have any research to show this, but I think as, as girls, we were always like, told like, no, if they want you, they will pursue you. If they want you, they will ask you out. They will call you. They will come to you. And we got told that as romantic advice, but I think we took that as advice in general. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that quote, that's like, if they wanted to, they would. And I think people use that all the time. And I'm like, no, no, that is so unbelievably self-centered. People may want to, but they're also busy, but they're also trying to like keep their family's life together. They are also guarded. They have also been rejected. They've also been hurt. They're also scared of friendship. To a certain point, we've all got to get over ourselves a little bit. Yeah. And just be willing to put ourselves out there on some level. And so I think all of us are like waiting for someone to come and be our friend Mm -hmm. as though we need an invitation to make friendship happen. And we don't. This is our life. This is our life. You get one. You know, it's your life. You don't have to wait for an invitation. You don't have to wait for some someone to approach you. Yeah. You don't have to wait for someone to talk to you. You have the power to give those things away. Even as an introvert, find one person. And I finally, that's what I had to do. It was years ago. And there was like this mom group. And I realized, I thought that I was, you know, friends with these women. And then I found out, you know, they've been going out together for a long time. And I've never been asked to be a part of it. And my initial reaction was to sulk and Mm -hmm. tell my husband we needed to move. (laughs) um, To sulk and be like, there is something wrong with me. Nobody likes me. I'm just not going to try anymore. And then I had to pause Mm -hmm. and be like, no, Amy, those are, they're nice women. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just not including you. And that's fine. That's not really their job as a human. That's not something that they have to do. But who else, who else is likely sitting at home alone. Who else could use a friend? And I really made myself think, okay, is there another mom that has maybe been left out as well? Um, is there someone, and I realized there's this this woman who is new to town. There was another mom who had recently gone some, through some stuff. And I was like, I bet they could use a friend and I can be that. And so I befriended them. I reached out to them and, and it just kind of started with getting over myself and, and kind of getting over my insecurity and just being like, I'm going to put myself out there because I do actually want friendship. I do crave this. And I'm going to, I'm not going to sit here and wait my whole life for someone to come and be those things to me. I'm going to give these gifts away. 
And so I think as someone who's an introvert, think of one person, think of one who could use a friend. Yeah. And I would say too, that when you are a big one, we hear a lot is the, or the memes that are like, I want to be invited, but I'm not going to go. Sometimes we're straight up just regularly shutting the door on friendship. And I get it. You're run ragged. You're, you only have so much to give. I totally get it, but you have to, you have to be intentional. You have to say yes to invitations, not every single one, but you do have to, you do have to make the time in order to have deep friendships. Yeah. I think that's a thing. If you're not showing up, I have some people in my life that you will extend the invite, but then they don't ever come. And I can continue to do that. But at some point it's like, okay, you're only going to get so much back from me because I've been building with the other women and that's fine. But when that person feels like, hey, I haven't been included or I'm not as close, maybe look at your behaviors and see how you've contributed to that. Because you're right. Sometimes I don't want to show up, but it's like, I want those friendships to be healthy. Yeah. And so it's kind of like even showing up to the gym. Some days you don't want to do it, but you want to be healthy long term. Yeah. And so you put in the time and effort. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like a four hour thing. It can be short, right? I know. I think we think very extreme too. Like we're talking baby steps. You do the things that you can do. You you ask one person to coffee this month. Like it doesn't have to be extreme. Or you say yes to that one thing you've been putting off. You just have to make steps or you get, you know, years get down the road and you're like, I never made time for friendship. It just happens quickly. Yeah. Well, and something too is it is awkward at first. It is awkward making friends. It is awkward going from being an acquaintance to being to being a friend. It, there is an awkwardness there. And that doesn't mean that the friendship isn't worth pursuing. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with the connection between you. This idea that there's like this friendship soulmates and I'm going to meet them and I'm just going to automatically know is that doesn't that doesn't really happen. It's really like a person that you meet and you're like, man, I see some good qualities in them. I'm going to keep finding out more. And there's something like, what is it just like it takes like 100 hours or something of, of time spent with someone before you feel like a good friend. It takes a long time. Let it be awkward at first. It is, but at least it's something, you know, at least it's something. Let it be awkward. Let it be weird. Yeah. You know? My first date with my husband was poop. Yeah. But man, I love him now. I mean, it was a bad first date, but I'm just crazy about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you just keep, keep going. Unless you see, if you see red flags, then you're allowed to step back. But if you're like, no, this person really has a good heart. It just didn't, we didn't become best friends the first second that we met. That's fine. That's what happens in Disney Channel movies. Yeah. That's not what happens in real life. Don't overthink it. Yes, don't overthink it. We overthink everything. We're like, well, I'm just a strange, weird person without skills. I should stay by myself. Like, that was weird and awkward, and it was definitely my fault. Like, no, it's just weird and awkward as you're getting to know people. You're kind of testing the waters. You're seeing, can I be real around you? Do we have stuff in common? That's completely normal. Just forge yeah. ahead. Yeah. And like we're terrified of people to think we're weird, but I've just gotten to a place in my life because I am kind of weird. I am kind of weird. I'm kind of quirky. I'm kind of awkward. And I don't hate those things about myself anymore because you know what? At least I'm living, like at least I'm putting it out there. I'd rather be weird, 
have other people think I'm weird, but me know, no, I was just being my genuine self. I was just having a good time. I was just enjoying life. I was just trying to connect with you. If that didn't work for you, okay. But I'd rather be weird than rude. I would rather be weird than alone. So I'm just going to go out there and live my life and be myself, take it or, or not. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I also think, gosh, so much to say. We could really talk for a, quite, a, quite a long time about friendships because this is something I'm really passionate about. But I would say one thing I've noticed in the last few years, I homeschool my daughter. I found myself in several different groups or co-ops over the past few years. And one in particular, I have never really felt like I fit in there. Yeah. Not every place I go to, I have to find my tribe, quote unquote, but also on the side of playing devil's advocate. Even if you think someone's different, once you get to know them, you may have a lot more similarity. So I say that, but also maybe don't fall off too soon because you could be missing an opportunity. But also I understand if you haven't found your tribe everywhere and that's totally fine and don't force it. I don't want it to not be organic. Totally. There's some, I think there's just a big part of just kind of accepting. Just acceptance is so huge and being like, okay, you know what? I accept that we are never going to be best friends. I sort of accept that that closeness might not ever happen here. And I accept that I will not have a seat at every table. And you shouldn't. Because if you really, the truth is, if you're really being yourself, you're not going to belong everywhere. Yeah, that's good. And you shouldn't. There are some tables where you probably shouldn't belong. And just being like, I'm going to love you. I'm going to put that out here. I hope you eat. No, I'm going to walk away to go sit at, at, at my table. Um, it's okay not to belong everywhere. But again, like, I think we're so insecure that we look at that and we're like, oh, I didn't belong there. There's something wrong with me. Oh, I didn't feel comfortable there. There's something wrong with me. No, there's nothing wrong with you. Those just weren't your people. Be friendly. Offer. But if you've tried multiple times and you're like, man, it's not there. You keep, I always tell my kids, I'm like, you hold your head high. You always, you hold your head high. Be kind and have fun. These are, these are just things that carry us all through life. It's okay. Every table should not be your table. If you're really being yourself, you won't belong everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. I want to go back to, again, the reason I I have you on here is because I think it's so important to, when considering an intentional life, our friendships are a huge part of that. And I want to be as intentional as possible. Uh, All that to say, I want to go back to with intentional friendships, sometimes you're right. They do break up. Sometimes our friendships are just for a season or sometimes we find that we're, we have nothing in common with someone anymore. So what happens during those friendship breakups? Maybe I, how would you encourage someone that might be struggling with that right now? Man, I, bo- I think we probably both have something to say about this, but I, first of all, it's okay. It's normal. Sometimes we have to stay in our lane and we need to keep doing the life that we're meant to walk in. And sometimes, sometimes our paths just diverge. They just start to head different directions and we can try and cling to a friendship because out of loyalty and out of the past and be like, this doesn't make sense. We're just kind of clinging to each other, but sometimes your paths just kind of separate. And I think what's difficult if I'm honest and vulnerable here is that you don't really ever know. You don't know in a friendship if at some point, if, if you're going to be friends for life or if it's for a season. And sometimes 
sometimes it can surprise you. And there's a lot of different reasons. Sometimes your values don't line up anymore. Sometimes it's just a natural, like I was talking about, you just start to head different directions. But I think it's very helpful if we accept that that doesn't mean we failed. And that doesn't mean that the friendship was worthless. It doesn't mean the friendship was a failure if we start to part ways. And it's okay. Sometimes we need to, like you're talking about being intentional. I think it's important to look at our life and say, okay, who are the people around me that I'm, I'm meant to walk with in this season? What, what friendships are healthy for me right now? Because our lives don't say the same. We go through, you know, my kids aren't little anymore. For example, my kids are now in high school. I'm not just staying at home anymore. I'm working like things change. And sometimes we need to evaluate our life because also we have limited time to invest. So we have limited time to invest in friendships. So it's important to be intentional about who we're investing in. And sometimes it doesn't even mean breaking up with a friend. It just means I'm not investing as much time in this friendship because we're not really on the same page anymore. And I am going to invest in this friendship over here that is really healthy in this season, if that makes sense. What about you, Amy? Well, something I've really come to do, and it's been so healthy for me. I am someone who loyalty means so much to me. I I kind of tend to stay with the same people. I want to stick there. I want to to make this work. But something that has been really, really healthy for me, um, because that that sort of mindset is if this friendship ends, then it was a failure is kind of what it was. So I would cling to something that didn't need to still exist. I would ignore red flags. I would push through awfulness, let my heart kind of be damaged and let my own heart be hurt just for the sake of saying that I was able to make it last. It's kind of who I have been in the past because I thought a failed I mean, I thought an ended friendship was a failed friendship and I've completely changed that mindset because that's not true. That's not true. Like Friends was a great TV show, but it still ended at some point. That doesn't take away that it was good, you know? So I've, I've kind of looked at not letting how long did it last be the marker for it, but how healthy was it? Was it good when it was good? Then just let it be that and let that be enough. That's, that's the point is that it was good. And so instead of like forcing these friendships and clinging to these things that weren't, which in the end was exhausting for me, I think it made me clingy. I think it made me a jealous friend. Um, Instead of being like, okay, I have to make it last forever. I just look at it and say, I have to make it good while I can. I'm going to do my part to just make it good. And when that ends and the season's over, being able to release it and say, I still appreciate it for what it was. I still appreciate that it was, there was still good there. There was good there. There was a reason for it, but I'm going to let it go because, and, and I think that using like a TV show is probably a good way to look at it. Like some TV shows were really, really good. Ted Lasso, amazing. It only lasted three seasons. That doesn't take away the goodness of, of it, you know? So we have to stop looking at a failed friendship as being one that ends because that's just not true. I think for me, I I used to be such a jealous friend. And I will say my little quick tip for getting over this in my head, I had to switch it and say, Diane is the only Diane. And even if that person is friends with multiple different people and they have a unique relationship with those people, 
those people aren't Diane and I'm not Abby. I'm not Abby and I will never be Abby and Abby will never be Diane. And so our relationship with that person is always going to look different and always be the authentic relationship because it doesn't mean that one's better or worse or stronger or whatever. It's like, no, you are only yourself to this person and you can't be replaced because you are you. I love that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. That's a really good perspective to have on it. Yeah, because I would. I would get so jealous. I'm like, oh, why does this person have a new friend? But now in adulthood, looking at that, I have these friends that were so um, pivotal for me for seasons, like someone I'm, I'm thinking of in particular, and I know she's probably listening to this and she'll know who she is, but like I would meet her every Saturday morning for Bible study. And we did that for years, even after I had my second child. And now we don't see each other as often and we are in different seasons. And I find myself jealous because I'm like, I want to know you. I want that still, but it just isn't realistic. We're not she has an infant. I have a nine-year-old. Like we are just in different seasons. And so I find that jealousy creeping back in because I'll see the things that she's doing with other friends and nothing bad happened. It, nothing. There was no falling out. It just simply is we are not in the same season right now. And I just have to remind myself, you can always open that door again. It Maybe it's not even over. Maybe when you are you have older kids, you guys can all get together for coffee again. And I, I don't know. So I think reframing things in your head too. Maybe it's like a comfort that I give myself, but it really helps me to reframe some of the stuff. Yeah. Because I, I think I've been a jealous friend in the past too. And that's something I've learned um, kind of to go from like this scarcity mindset of, well, they only have enough time and love and attention for me. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of, switching it to be like, no, Amy, they can like multiple people. This is not a mark against you. This is not something that you've done wrong. Let them go. Because the truth is, if you really love somebody and friendships, you have not made a vow with this person. You have not formed some kind of contract. You have not made, you know, anything like that. It's just a friendship. I want them to be happy. And if they're happy, you know, but they've started playing tennis with this new group, but I hate tennis to my core. You know what? You go play that tennis, girl. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy. And the door over here is still open on my end, but I'm not going to do something that I truly hate. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Kind of just like, no, there's, there's abundance. There's enough for all of us. We, you, you go, you go and you, you love your people. And I've had friendships like that where I thought, Hey, we're not close anymore. We're not even friends anymore. And it broke my heart, but I, you know, yeah. the door was never closed all the way. It was just kind of shut. And that door has opened back up on multiple places, but it took like kind of me getting to a healthier place to, again, just kind of accept that right now, this is, this is where they are in my life. This is where I am in their life. And just accepting that for what it is. I think it's really good. You should talk about how we only have the bandwidth for a few, what was, what's the number of close friendships and how you realize like with some friends, they have sisters that are filling those spots. They just don't have or as much leftover or available. It doesn't have to do with me. Yeah. There's this study by this guy named Dunbar who was studying chimpanzees and he was, he was studying, um, sort of chimpanzees and the way they would break off and form new groups and kind of how that all worked. And then he translated it to humans. And so what he found that his studies were, we only have so much energy. We only have so much time. This is, this is it. This is, we got 24 hours in a day. That's it. We can only give as much as we are capable of giving. So he found that on average, 
we're only able to keep about five people at that very top tier. That's going to include our spouse. That's going to include our parents, our siblings, our very best friends, our kids. At the top, there's only room for five, which is a very small number of people. And then after the five, we're going to have room for about 15 close friends. So this would be uh, maybe if you were having a birthday party or something like that. This is, these are not people you're keeping in contact with every day, but regular contact. And then after 15, it jumps to like 150, like people, like acquaintances, people that you kind of know. And then it jumps to like 2,000 faces and names that you're able to recognize. So it helped me infinitely when I realized that because sometimes I don't have any sisters. I don't have any cousins that I'm close with. So my top five is more open than most people's because I just don't have that. But I've got one friend that I love her so much. She has four sisters that she's close to who will always beat me out. (laughs) They will always beat me out and they should. She's got a mom that she's really close to. So me getting in her top five is going to be really hard because she just doesn't have the bandwidth for it, you know, and sort of kind of realizing like, because a lot of hurt comes from when we are in somebody's top five and we fall to like the 15 group. There's a lot of hurt there. But now that we recognize, when I recognize those numbers, I can just go, Amy, you're probably number six. It's fine. She just doesn't have it in her right now to put you in that top spot. And that's okay. This is not a mark against her being a bad person. And this is not a mark against you being a bad person. This is just something that happens. Just accept your, accept your place and water elsewhere if you need to water elsewhere. But that was so instrumental to me to kind of let things go and learn to be Learn to be somebody's number six without hating them or making it, you know, into some big deal that it's not. Yes, absolutely. Just that reframe of your brain is so helpful. And again, I think I did that out of maybe grasping for straws of trying to like, I had to reconcile or justify, but actually there was truth in that. I didn't need to overly justify it because I was like, this is just true. And the Dunbar scale has been also very helpful to me when managing relationships and just never burning bridges is as important as we can. And we can actually, I want to have you guys back for another conversation on maybe more of the negative elements of friendship. So let's make sure we get that on the books for the new year. Cause I would love to talk to you guys again, kind of wrapping things up here. Where can listeners connect with both of you online and grab a copy of your new book? Do you want to take it, Amy? (laughs) You can find our book pretty much anywhere. Barnes and Noble has an exclusive cover that only you can get there. So Barnes & Noble is honestly a really cool option. It's going to be on Amazon. It's at Walmart. Those places. We love indie bookstores so much. Another really cool thing is the audio version. Um, I'm pretty partial to. Jess and I recorded it ourselves. So the audio version is a really cool option as well. Our Facebook page is Sister I'm With You. And Amy is Amy Weatherly. That's another page. She is very fun all the time. And um, mine is Jess Johnston, and it's here for it, the good, the bad, and the queso. Awesome. Well, as I wrap things up here, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every guest, but I do a beneficial resource and then what can't you stop talking about? So whoever wants to say their beneficial resource or what you can't stop talking about, or you both can answer both. The thing I can't stop talking about, and because I am a person who is always obsessed with something and can't stop talking about it, my recent thing is I'm pretty into cold plunging. Oh, yeah. So I've been getting in the ocean every day, which has been really amazing. 
<laughs> crazy. I know. That's awesome. And totally new for me, but I'm pretty obsessed with it right now. That's so cool. You can cold plunge in the ocean. All right. Go ahead, Amy. Okay. Mine is, mine is super basic. Mine is like the most basic. I'm almost embarrassed to, to say it. Um, I cannot stop ta talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> they're so cute. I hope they're still together when this podcast comes out. <laughs> it's so, it's, it's so basic. I'm, I'm really embarrassed of that, but I can't think of anything else. I, my friend, I can't stop talking about that either. I am happy for her. All right. Well, besides your book, quickly, give me a beneficial resource that you both have loved and found just that has been helpful to you or maybe over the past year or just in your life. I would say Enneagram, um, the podcast typology, I find really helpful for just understanding your type and also relationally. Amy and I, that's one of the first things we bonded over, actually. She's an Enneagram 9. I'm an Enneagram 7. And we totally nerded out about it. But it's such a great tool for all your relationships. And I can't, I can't shut up about that either. And I've been talking about that for a while now. I'm a seven too. You're, you're both sevens? <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, y'all just go out and party. Go say yes to everything. I'm going to be back here. That's so fun <laughs> for y'all. Um, okay, what about you, Amy? Well, I'm a nine. But um, that might not have been what you were asking. Um, a social nine. So she flies under the radar. I'm going to say I love the Happiness Lab podcast. I've learned some good things on there. I will include that in the show notes and I will start listening to it because who doesn't want to be more happy? Okay. Is that, I was like, does that hurt you to mention another podcast? No, no. Okay. Okay. There's room for everyone here and it's also in a different category. <laughs> there is room for everyone. Well, ladies, thanks so much for joining me today. I hope people grab a copy of your book. And I definitely want to have you back because we could talk about friendship for much longer. We just barely scratched the surface. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you Thank so you. much for having me. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.